Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am. An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> and Philly V. I am untethered and I raise no snow. And the return of our intern, Javi. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Cheers. This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio. Locker room. Locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And... Great price, great people, great service. I mean, just can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page, look them up online. R-O-D-E-R, Epoxy. Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really important. Now, here's the show. All right, happy Monday. We're in episode 44 Phil, I got my Rotor Epoxy t-shirt on, ready uh, to go. You have the same one as I do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize you had a brown one, too. Yeah, we got it from the same place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it's kind of wild to be back. Like, you know, we had that first episode last week, feeling good, and we're just rolling right into it, and there's so many things we got to cover. We got a, a loaded episode today. Are you are you there's, feeling good? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, there is quite a bit to cover, and... Over the next few weeks, I feel like we have a lot of stuff to yeah. talk about. Yeah, that's something like I feel like I'm going to try really hard not to jump the gun. Because <laughs> again, it's like we have this list of like there's so many things, but like if we throw it all at once, you're not going to be able to process yeah, it's it. It's overwhelming. Exactly. And so today we're going to talk about a few updates in Iowa rugby. Uh, we're also going to look at some fitness and then we're going to look at uh, some USA rugby happenings. Uh, really interesting article written by uh, Pat Clifton, uh, just kind of taking a look at USA Rugby. We'll get into that in the last segment here. But first and foremost, some things we want to just jump right into, uh, kind of social media following along. 
uh, Alex Goff, mm. the Goff Rugby Report, he does a top 150 D2 players. I think he does the same thing with like D1, but he starts with D2. Congratulations. We have Cooper Isaacson, hooker from the University of Northern Iowa, and then Garrett Getz, lock from the University of Northern Iowa. It's the second time he's been named to this list. Mm-hmm. Really prestigious honor. You know, Goff, he watches all rugby. He really looks into it. He knows these people. He he really wants to make sure he has a list that means something because there are kids who are playing at the D2 level who want to play at a higher level. You know, getting named to a list like this, it puts you in that like player pool. It puts you, uh, just your name is in the conversation. So congrats to those guys. And also, he's only listed the type five. He's yeah, only done locks. That's all he's got so far. Yeah, props, hookers, locks. So two guys from you and I already named at the top 150. That's I think that's a huge honor. And uh, they're both, neither of them are seniors, right? Yeah, they're both like, I believe they're both sophomores. Not 100% sure on that. Actually, no, I'm pretty sure they're both sophomores. Well, I mean, Cooper's your boy. Yeah, he's a young boy, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you sponsored him. That's your guy. I know. Give him a shout out. Well, I'm really happy that he got his, the recognition that he actually deserves. You know, he does work hard. He's a very aggressive player. So yeah. it's really cool to see those guys both get recognition for their performances past year. And I'm really excited to see who he has on the list going forward. Like all mm-hmm. the Lucy's, the backline guys, I guarantee there's going to be a handful of UNI guys on it. I think every positional breakdown he does, we're going to see guys from UNI on that list. And that's yeah. not even being biased. I was going to say, you know, we did see them play. You didn't, you didn't go to Cedar Falls, <laughs> but I saw them play and, yeah, they really live up to, you know, playing a great brand of rugby. And I did give Cooper a hard time because earlier in the season, he was named one of the impact players of the week from Goff Rugby. Yeah. But the article just said, like, Cooper Isaacson, he plays hard rugby, flies around the field. Or so, like, it was just, it was <laughs> like very, two sentences, very generic. General. And yeah. I was just like, hey, good job, man. And I copy and pasted the entire blurb <laughs> about him. And he had a good laugh. You know, yeah. it was fun. But speaking of college rugby, too, uh, the Iowa Hawkeye Classic Sevens or the Hawkeye Classic Sevens has been announced. That's going to be February 12th. I, I know Adam Falk, the senior referee for Iowa, he was looking for people available. So if you're wanting to referee some collegiate sevens, get a hold of Adam. And then college teams, be on the lookout for the Hawkeye Classic Sevens. Yeah. That kind of is... That's fun. That's yeah. A, that's a fun little tournament. Well, it's in the it's in their the, little the bubble, I guess they call it. Yeah, right? Is it the tennis, the Hawkeye tennis, or the what is that? The that complex, the Hawkeye tennis and recreation complex. I'm pretty sure they use. Yeah, it, that's but it's the practice field for uh, the football team, though, isn't it? For the like winter months or whatever. I'm I sure that's I... where they use it, or at least when we were when we did it, that's what they were using it for at the time. But yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I don't know. All I know is, uh, and we're going to get into it next, the Iowa Select side is going to be up at the... Yeah. That's why yeah. I said the Iowa Tennis and Recreation Center, because that's... The I know that's there. Yeah. But no, so the Hawkeye Classic for sevens, that usually kicks off the spring season for collegiate mm-hmm. rugby in Iowa. They always get ahead of it because they have that indoor facility. So keep your eyes open for that. And it's kind of funny because we feel like, oh man, there's no rugby. We haven't seen it. And now it's like... In a blink of an eye. That's right around the corner already. Right around the corner. And like we said, Iowa men's 15s select side has been announced. So if you want to be 
on the men's Iowa select side. You want to represent Iowa. You want a chance to be identified to play for the Midwest Thunderbirds. The tryout is on March 18th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Hawkeye Tennis and Recreation Complex in Iowa City. It's open to all Iowa Rugby Union men's players over 23 years old. The reason why over 23, there's a U23 team that is more geared for the younger guys where, you know, you want to be on that age grade team. You want to be playing against people at your same level. I know a lot of guys are like, well, I want to do both. Well, you know, you need to be with your college team. You need to be playing against those college people. Uh, when more information comes out for the U23 side, we will definitely share that. Yeah. When the Iowa select side for men's, the LAU tournament is going to be May 13th in Madison, Wisconsin this year. Hmm. So last year it was in Des Moines. This year, it's going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, May 13th. And I do think that they are trying to set up friendlies. So that way, the Iowa Select Side team doesn't just show up the day of and they yeah. play for the first time. They're trying to actually get some matches against other teams, clubs, maybe even other Select Sides to get some warm-ups because that's one thing where we have great talent in Iowa, but when you pull from nine different clubs – that continuity is hard to find yeah, exactly in, in like with one or three practices. Um, if that even, yeah, <laughs> you know, again, most times it's just the guys show up and it's like, Hey, you're the best players in the state who showed up. Cause that's another thing too. It's not always the best of the best. It's just whoever shows up mm-hmm. and uh, Iowa always gives it a good fight. But I mean, how much better could Iowa be represented if there was actually practice and, you know, friendly matches or exhibition matches. So they're going to try to do that. Keep watching on Facebook on the Iowa Rugby Union page for that information. Fill out the Google form if you want to be considered. And yeah, just you'll get emails too, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, some exciting stuff because again, with the Thunderbirds, they're really bringing it back. The Thunderbirds are playing against uh, MLR Academies. Basically, the Thunderbirds with a pro team in Chicago and the Thunderbirds pretty much based out of Chicago, um, it's a good opportunity to be seen for that next level. Mm-hmm. You know, so Thunderbirds has always been a very prestigious honor. And now there's a little bit more to it if that's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil, do you have anything else to add about Select Side? I don't know. I'm really excited to do it this year. And I'm also pumped that, you know, we're trying to get ahead of the curve and get something started way earlier this time around so we can be a little more competitive and hopefully we get some guys that do want to get those looks and get a chance to play with the Thunderbirds and maybe even go from there like you really never know what could happen if like it's your goal to like play at a higher level this is perfect opportunity so sign up do it right and it's like guys who play d3 normally you're going to play against d2 and d1 guys from minnesota Wisconsin and Carfu. Like you're going to see how you stack up against those teams and those players. So it's a really good opportunity. Why not try it out? And then it's fun to just get with the boys yeah. and Dude, some with... of my favorite memories are from select side trips and stuff like that. Like, God, yeah, we don't, we don't need to get in those. Right yeah. Now, but... <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got plenty of episodes. We can yeah. dive into those, especially when we get closer. So yeah, just again, we get all of our information, like 90% of it from social media. So We'll, we'll let you know when we see stuff, but yeah, this is this is going to be cool. And like you said, it's good to get ahead of it. It feels like this is out sooner than it normally is, mm-hmm. which now is also a time where we talked about it in last episode where a lot of people during this time, they're either 
like me not doing anything and just completely, you know, <laughs> taking a break from <laughs> rugby physically, yeah. um, no workouts. I, ugh, I should, but other people are, they're working in the dark. They're, they're doing that off season training because they want to get to that next level, you know, with, uh, the Chicago MLR combine at the end of January, select side tryouts in March, spring season in April, summer sevens coming up. People are preparing for, you know, the season in the off season, especially those young guys, people rehabbing injuries. It's a great time to be working. Um, what are you doing, Phil, this off season to get ready? Well, I'm just getting ready for a powerlifting meet. So I'm consistently lifting weights. I've been trying to add in some cardio, <laughs> but you know, when you're prepping for lifting weight at like limit strength stuff, cardio doesn't really help a ton, <laughs> but as soon as it's over, I'm going to shift gears and, solely work on getting in shape for rugby it's funny you always say like you you go like you know like oh when you're getting ready for powerlifting, you know like i don't know i actually <laughs> have don't. no clue i have no clue what that's like yeah, but you've done you do strength training stuff i mean you've done the crossfit deal and yeah. there's always programming to get you stronger at specific lifts that is true that so. is true and speaking of crossfit our guest our first guest tonight or today is abby jorgensen she yeah. is a coach at CrossFit 8035 in Des Moines. And the Wombats are actually partnering up with CrossFit 8035 to have every Wednesday, starting this week, mm. uh, Wednesday, the 11th. 11th. Yep. Yep. At six o'clock, uh, group workouts that are going to be rugby specific, rugby functional movements. Uh, you know, get the heart rate up, work on some strength components, um, and then get people back together. Because again, for a lot of people, they just kind of sit on the couch until spring season starts in April. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm out of shape and I'm not ready. So here's a way to get people together and maybe go out for a beer or dinner afterwards. And then, you know, it's it's good. So um, CrossFit's one of those words, too, in fitness where uh, everyone kind of has their own opinion on it, good or bad. A lot of times um, people... I don't know, they'll shit on something before they've ever seen it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll see things on YouTube or you'll hear someone on Instagram or TikTok a reel or something and then be like, oh, this is how it is. But when we talk to Abby, I mean, there is a science to it. There is intentional uh, planning to it. A lot of times those negative myths or those negative images we have of CrossFit are people who are kind of doing their own thing and they're making a jackass of themselves mm -hmm. and then they represent other people. It's kind of like... We see it with rugby where you go to a school to be like, hey, we want to bring rugby to this high school. And they go, well, I know a guy who got too drunk and did really stupid stuff. And it's like that one guy doesn't represent all of rugby. Yeah. And this one CrossFitter who's trying to get famous on TikTok who does really, really stupid shit doesn't represent all of it. You know, there's people mm -hmm. with exercise science degrees with, you know, very sport science behind it. Um, and I think this is a really cool conversation and hopefully people can see like there is a benefit between CrossFit and rugby or just high intensity workouts yeah. with intervals um, and rugby and just kind of how that works. Because I know, again, you come from like a different background with the powerlifting mm. and the strength training, um, but, but also you can but I, see... And I also have an exercise science degree, so yeah. I do know a few things. Exactly. <laughs> and like you also see the value in like how it can cross over oh, but yeah. again being intentional and so yeah i think this is a really fun fun interview yeah it, it's good i'm excited 
Yeah, me too. So let's go ahead and let's talk to Abby. All right, and we are here with Abby Jorgensen of CrossFit 8035. Abby, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's your podcast debut, right? This is my podcast debut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're kind of going a different route here than our normal interviews where we just only talk to rugby people, but we thought it was really important to reach out to you. You are one of the coaches and you program the training for CrossFit 8035. And basically we wanted to talk to you because our rugby team, the Wombats, has a partnership coming up with 8035. And also just there's a lot of like myths and different ideas about CrossFit and how it can, you know, impact training and athletics. And uh, with rugby, it seems like there's a lot of crossover there. So that's why we wanted to reach out and talk to you. And so first of all, what Tell people, what's your background with athletics? I know you've played a lot of sports, coached a lot of things, so kind of tell us your story. Man, it's long. Um, <laughs> um, I guess I could start with in college at Buena Vista. I played college basketball. I know, hard to believe, I'm for those that don't know, I'm 5'1". Um, but, <laughs> but I played college basketball for a couple years before I ended up just transferring to Iowa because apparently I wasn't going to make the NBA uh, playing at Buena <laughs> Vista. So um, from there, I went to Iowa, uh, did my degree in like exercise, sports science, health studies, basically is what they called it. And then I kind of got into like the strength and conditioning side of things. So I um, actually helped out with the women's basketball team, strength and conditioning wise, things like that. So that was what I wanted to do was strength and conditioning. Also turns out that uh, back in like 2000, 2004 timeframe, uh, it was really hard for women to get into that as well. Um, so then I took a private sector job in Indianapolis uh, with sports performance, um, a little easier to get into. And then I just kind of fell in love with training athletes um, from there and then ended up out in Colorado at some point in time where I then played football um, on women's league <laughs> um, and then played or not played, I guess you can't say I played, but I did some MMA um, actually had a couple of uh, MMA fights. Some play fights. <laughs> yeah. Some play fights there. One was a play fight. One was like, you know, a real, like, here, here's some money we'll throw at you and pay you for getting your, pay, your face punched in. Um, <laughs> and I decided that probably wasn't um, what I needed to be doing, but actually, while I was doing MMA, my wrestling coach was like, hey, you should try this CrossFit thing. It's really like a good like combo with the, you know, interval training with fighting. It's three minutes on, you know, you get a minute off in the, in the rounds. And I, at first I was like, you know what, it's gotten a bad rap. I don't know if I want to try it. And then I finally gave in to him. And then I guess you could say the rest is history. Um, from there. So yeah, how many to... years have you been coaching CrossFit now or involved in CrossFit? Um, I started doing it personally 10 years ago and then I've been coaching now for eight. Wow. So, yeah. And yeah. so we were talking about that, the myths of CrossFit, it sounds like you, you know, you kind of approach that the same way as kind of we're talking here where a lot of people hear that word. It's almost like a buzzword. And a lot of people have different images in their head, whether they've been to a gym or they've seen something on YouTube or just word of mouth from other people. 
what was it that got you to go into the gym the first time and try a workout? And what changed your perception? Like, what was it that got you hooked? Um, I would say the thing that got me hooked, well, when you went in, like everything was based on kind of like your time and a little bit of competition. I mean, I was still kind of, you know, you're out of college still, you know, I was doing the MMA and the football, but like, you just like, I need some sort of like something that's going to bring me that extra competition. And the first workout was, was Diane and, you know, Diane is handstand pushups and uh, deadlifts. And, you know, after that, I was like kind of hooked. I was like, dang, like I've never worked out this hard in my life. Like I've been, you know, have a degree in exercise. I have my own gym in my garage, but I've never felt like this working out with a group of people before. And that's kind of what, what hooked me. I realized I wasn't working out near as hard as what can be the human potential for working out. Definitely. And it sounds like too, a lot of the things that you're explaining, like you were looking for as an athlete and in your, in your life, that competition, I mean, and your background in athletics, I mean, I feel like you would have loved rugby if you would have ran into it. I was just going to say, like, how did you not try to rugby? (laughs) And that's where, you know, like myself and Andrew Ridgway, we go to the gym that you coach at. I've been there off and on. We'll say, you know, that's a nice way to put it for like eight years now. (laughs) You know, more time off than on, but whatever. Um, But we have this partnership now where on Wednesdays, starting July 11th, where our our rugby team or january sorry <laughs> cut that part out um i'm thinking warm weather no so on january 11th on wednesday nights our rugby team is going to come in you're going to lead us through a, a team workout every wednesday why is crossfit a good fit for rugby training in your view um so rugby is what like 60 minutes 80 minutes long something like minutes, that yeah. whole, a whole game but it's not just it's not like you're just running straight for 80 minutes or whatever it is so um in general like crossfit defines fitness as like we have these 10 like things about fitness that define us so you have your cardiorespiratory endurance um stamina strength flexibility power speed coordination agility balance and accuracy so you put all those things in i guarantee you every single one of those you need for rugby or mm-hmm. pretty much any sport especially team sport um that you play so you combine that all together in a crossfit workout with intervals training the different energy systems i mean it's really a match made in heaven like truly any team sport i would say for the most part any sport i mean there's some exceptions to the rule when you define sport mm-hmm. but <laughs> no, of course. I was curious though too. I'll, um, can you give us like a little bit of a sneak peek on what the team workouts are going to look like? Because I'm definitely going to show up for some of them as soon as I'm done with my prep. But yeah, Phil, tell I, her what you're prepping for. Uh, like, I, what do you do? I do powerlifting <laughs> stuff. So. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We incorporate that when we obviously deadlift, back squat, and then last Monday, Ryan will even attest to this. We bench pressed. Yeah. Ooh, was it? Um, what's the one called? Is it? Uh, is it Lynn or what's the one that's the push ups uh, or the bench press and pull ups? like i think bench press and pull-ups yeah there's one that it's got a woman's name and you do like five uh, rounds at like body weight for bench press and pull-ups. oh i don't that might be something like that yeah we uh, haven't done that one but yeah there is there is one there's several actual name workouts with a bench press in it but um i mean we can do so like we have a like a we call it the the assault bike mm. all right or we we have, <laughs> we have some sleds we have 
you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So you might, you know, we might be doing some intervals on the bike right into a, a heavy sled push Ooh. or we even have like a couple yokes we can utilize. I don't know if you've ever used oh, yokes. Yeah. I love the yoke. Uh, um, so we could load those up and just do some heavy carries as well. Um, so the biggest thing I'm looking at is like adding some like strength components in, but more like that interval type stuff and power output that's needed in bursts with rugby um, in general. Yeah. And when you're explaining this too, I looked up online, uh, the top 10 myths or whatever. And one of them was like some hardo weirdo wrote a blog and said like <laughs> high volume intensity combined with complex random movements will wreck your shit. And everything you're saying does not sound random. It sounds very intentional, very science-based. I mean, can you go into like how long it takes to plan and, and when you're planning these cycles, um, how long they are and, and kind of everything that goes into that? Because like I said, this sounds intentional. A lot of people have this uh, misconception that it's random. You just like, Oh, throw darts against the wall. And it's like, you know, push-ups, pull-ups, a sled pull, deadlift, we're good to go. And then run 200 meters, five rounds. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a great workout actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm skipping that day. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you go back to like the early days in, in college and you know, you're in your textbook and you're like, all right, you have to, for, for strength, it's, you know, three sets of five, at, you know, 85 plus percent. Well, I mean, that's still kind of, we use those golden rules when we're strength training, but in terms of, I mean, yes, CrossFit is, I mean, the definition is constantly varied, you know, high intensity functional exercise. So it is constantly varied, but you don't necessarily, like, I take all the movements from a standard of like a squat, a push, a pull, a hinge. Um, and you're looking at all the movements that you could possibly do and you try to combine them for whatever the stimulus is of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just going to be like, Oh, we're going to back squat on Monday. And then we're going to back squat again on Tuesday just because it was random and I thought we should do it. So there's, you know, some intention behind everything that we, we do and, and different like energy systems. So there's three energy systems, you know, you have the short burst, which could just be like doing a, a quick little uh, sled push. And then you have the long, you know, maybe make, they're not going to make you run a mile and for your rugby training. Cause it's first off, it's negative degrees out right now, <laughs> but, <Thank> you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So like you have to train all those in a week and Ryan can tell you, like, on Tuesdays at the gym is our Torture is our Tuesday. Long... <laughs> <laughs> Torture Tuesdays, right. So it's, it's a longer workout. It tends to be a little, like, tougher um, on the on the end of the spectrum. And then, you know, other days of the week, like Monday was a four, like, on average, a four-minute workout. So you have two different ends of the spectrum um, with workouts. So you're training all of that. So you're really prepared for for anything that can be thrown at you. Yeah, no, I, I really like that idea of obviously hitting on all three of these different types of energy systems because they do all apply to rugby. We were just talking about that earlier. Like there's sprinting, there's, you know, some, you know, some longer times you're going to probably spend running, you know, and there's like a lot of explosive stuff going on and like hitting and something that like, we were thinking about, like with, we're looking at this like 10 miss of uh, CrossFit and one of them you mentioned was the whole like movement patterns and intention and stuff. And 
what do you have to say about like people saying like CrossFit doesn't really care about form because you guys obviously probably cover a lot of, you know, technique and everything else when you're doing movements and what the intention of that movement is. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that gets a bad name from necessarily in the early days. So like 2001, basically it was when CrossFit was formed and they first started just throwing workups on a website and people would just go to the website and look at the workout and like, all right, I'm going to do this workout. Well, you know, you had all these people doing these random workouts in their garages or wherever they were. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and people were probably getting hurt because they had nobody to tell them, you know, what they were doing right or wrong, you know, and eventually, you know, CrossFit came up with, you know, he had the level one, um, training like certificate. And then from there you have the level two and then there's the level three. And then they just announced the level four that they're going to have as well. So, I mean, a lot of that comes from people just not knowing how to coach, um, the movement patterns. And if you ask Ryan, we, we pretty much take that pretty seriously. That's like our top priority mm-hmm. is safety. Yeah. Um, with things. And then everything is what people also don't see. They see the CrossFit games and they see those, you know, top level athletes. It's like, that's like the 0.01% <laughs> yeah. of, of everybody. And, you know, we get everybody from, you know, we have a 62 year old to, you know, even a 13 year old that comes. So we have, a wide range of people and I can modify a workout to fit anybody dependent on where they're doing. I'm actually even like going to start doing an adaptive program here soon in January as well, where we have people, you know, coming in, they're adaptive athletes. So we're going to have to, you know, they may be in a wheelchair. They may, you know, only have certain, certain abilities and you have to take that workout and make it fit for them. And you can pretty much do anything um, for anybody. i say that's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. And I'd say too, with the form, yeah, the thing people don't see is, you know, there'll be mornings where every single person in the room has been doing CrossFit for over a year, but yet we still practice form of a hand clean with a PVC pipe over and over. And like you break it down from, you know, even picking it up off the ground into the pole, up to the hip, the, exp- like it, it's, we spend more time warming up and getting those movements ready some days than the actual workout because that's how much you know you care about making sure people are safe they're warmed up and they're doing it properly and that's not like fun or sexy seeing the warm-up it's like people just see Mm -hmm. yeah the youtube videos or the crossfit games and then they go that's it and it's there's so much more people don't see um another one we wanted to make no or like ask about because also rugby gets this rap too so maybe it is a good thing People say CrossFit is a cult and, you know, it's one of those things where that could be a bad thing, but also, I mean, I feel like people say that about rugby, but I really like my rugby community. So what would you say to that? Um, so it's funny. I was just listening to a podcast on this too, with CrossFit and the cult um, thing. And then you have to ask people, well, what's your definition of a cult? Like, and community always comes up in any definition that you try to look up for, for cult. Um, and I think that's kind of just where people don't understand it is a community. And like most of, most of my friends, I would say like 95% of my friends and people I hang out with are from CrossFit or the, like who I've met through CrossFit. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad thing. It becomes bad when you, I don't know, try to, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, powerlifting is bad. It's one aspect of the fitness culture. You know, I'm a little bit 
you know, partial to, to CrossFit because what you can do with it even outside of the gym mm-hmm. um, versus just, just powerlifting. You know, I always like to use the example of um, me and my friends went and ran like the marathon relay and I had like six miles to run and I didn't train anything outside of like a mile. And I went and ran six miles with no problem. Oh yeah. Um, just by doing CrossFit. So it's one of those things that it's like a good cult, I guess. I don't <laughs> Same with rugby. I mean, it's like you guys are a group of guys that are, you know, doing rugby. You go and hang out at the bar, have a few drinks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't find anything <laughs> wrong with that. As long as there's no, like, negative peer pressure, we're good to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when it turns. Yeah, I don't know. They always are like, you drink the Kool-Aid. I'm like, yeah, but look how it's changed my life. Like, my trajectory, you know, from what I was doing career-wise to now what I'm doing, like, it's, you know everything that i ever wanted so yeah. i like how you brought up the whole powerlifting thing it's like it's definitely a niche fitness community but it's got a lot of really big egos so it gets kind of weird sometimes navigating that that's why i like rugby because it's not i mean there's probably some egos in rugby too mm-hmm. but everybody kind of like has a mutual respect for each other because it's like you're enduring the same thing and i could see that being the same thing with like crossfit athletes you know yeah we're like an ego is a thing but we always tell people like check CrossFit is one of those things you better check your ego at the door um, <laughs> or else it's going to get checked pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Like I'm not going to bash somebody for doing powerlifting. Um, you go ahead. Like no, that. no, no. Here's the thing. You next five minutes, just bash it. <laughs> just, go, just bash it. It's not like I'm sitting next to someone who just, you know, lives and breathes it. Just tear it apart. Go yeah, for I love, it. I love broken go. <laughs> We'll, we'll see how he, uh, we'll see his first bike workout, how long he lasts on the bike. His first oh, workout. Oh, I ride the air die multiple times a week, just not very fast. Yeah, and he does put it in our Snapchat group every time he rides the bike, too. And it, it always says, This thing sucks. Yeah, and that's just, yeah, and that's too. Oh, yeah, that's just a warm up. Like, yeah, no, that it is. <laughs> and so, I would say, too, you know, we have that workout with the wombats at 83.5 on Wednesday coming up. Uh, can you pitch that to people? Why should they come? And we're opening it too, not to just wombats. I mean, if like a women's rugby player or potential people who might want to play rugby, you know, why should someone come check this out? You know, it's $40 um, a month. Uh, You get to do it in a team atmosphere. Hearing it from the person leading it, why should people come and check it out? Um, Well, I mean, if you're looking to get serious about, I mean, I know you guys made the playoffs. Um, I'm looking to go any further, you know, usually the thing that holds back those semi-pro type teams, can you, can I call you guys semi-pro? Is that kind of what you guys We'll take it. We'll take it. (laughs) I mean, we called ourselves, our football team semi-pro, but like, I don't know what's considered, like we had to pay to play. We don't, we didn't get paid. Yeah, us Um, too. So so if you guys use it, we'll use it. (laughs) It's your words. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to be a semi-pro athlete, because our pro days now are over at 41 for me, but the thing, the thing that I saw, because I even trained the football team that I was on, the thing that like I feel like held back the elite teams versus the teams that you know are you know just kind of average or might make the playoffs but can't get further than that is like their fitness level. Mm. Um, I saw it all the time with with the football and things like that. It was just able to play both sides of the ball or you know play for that whole 
you know, 80 minutes or I don't know how exactly you guys do it with rotations with rugby, but you know, I was able to play on both sides of the ball usually. And really at the end of the game, wasn't terribly tired, I guess. It just depends on, you know, what position you play. I'm telling you, like you missed your calling in rugby. I think you would have made a great scrum half. If Des Moines women's rugby's listening, I, I don't know. They should talk to you because um, <laughs> you didn't have helmets and pads. But you know what's funny thing is we tried to recruit r- rugby players to play football and they wouldn't either. So it was it's kind of like this weird thing that neither neither group would like jump to the other side. <laughs> jump to the other side. I don't know if they just thought that it would be like cheating on the other one or what it would be like but yeah I don't um yeah I must have missed my calling but other than that like besides like having a great time working out with people if you've never worked out with like a team atmosphere like it's totally different working out with other people suffering at the same time Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's something to be said for that as part of think of that cult type thing Mm -hmm. like you're suffering with other people it's a lot more tolerable than if you're working out alone somewhere by yourself um doing that you might also find something you really love and then you know end up getting a membership joining the gym whatever it may be so um, come see me and uh you and andrew and alejandro at 5 a.m yeah. it's turning out to be one of the the better better classes nowadays loaded early <laughs> oh it is it's girl. early man we're it's growing it's getting pretty big we had but I don't know. We average at least 10, 10 plus at 5 a.m. Nice. Right. It's good so, crew. That's good, good crew. crew. We're going to make yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Abby, thank you so much for joining us and, yeah. and talking us through CrossFit and kind of getting that out. And hopefully people listening, if they had any sort of negative um, ideas or misunderstandings, we kind of cleared that Clear, up. Yeah. And hopefully we yeah. see a bunch of faces at this training. Because again, I, you know, you nailed it. I feel like our you know, men's team, we're pretty social, but we want to win. And I saw the same thing. That's the reason why I reached out to you. It's one of those things where I think we've got the guys to do really cool things, but I mean, fitness is always, a every, everybody can always get their fitness better. And it's just crazy because rugby, once you're subbed out, you're out. So most guys, they play the full 80 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's just so huge to be able to go for the full 80. And, and this is just one of those little things that can take you to the next you know, like you said, to that next level. So again, thank you for joining us and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see you on Wednesday yeah. night. See you soon. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. All right. All right. And that was Abby Jorgensen. Really excited to be working with her over the next few months. The whole team atmosphere thing is going to be awesome. Just us all getting together, working out, pushing each other. Cause like you can have a lot of internal drive, but in that group setting, Everybody I feel like is going to go a little bit harder, push mm-hmm. a little bit farther. So it's it, going to be good. The atmosphere, I mean, that's why I really like it. And that's, again, why people say CrossFit's kind of like a cult because everyone is just so tribal and, and you know, they can get intense and cheer each other on. But, I mean, it reminds me of being in a high school wrestling room. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of that high school football training setting where, you know, hey, someone's going to hit a PR on hand clean. We all kind of gather around like, hey, you can do it. That adrenaline gets going. Oh. You want to you know, show out for your teammates. Like it's cool. So uh, yeah, this Wednesday, if anyone in the Des Moines area wants to join us, uh, you don't have to be a wombat. You don't have to be. Just want to come get a good workout in with a group of guys like, 
well, show up and girls, and girls too. Yeah, some of the so, players are coming too, right? Yeah, yeah. Justin McKay, the coach of the Des Moines women's rugby team, uh, they are going to. A few of them are going to join us as well. So, yeah, men, women, children, even well, Justin's bringing his son. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It is. Yeah, it's just it'll be a good time. Work hard, see people, hang out, have fun. Uh, it'll be it'll be good. Be good to to build moving forward. And and speaking of building moving forward. Some more news about rugby in the United States. So the American Raptors, formerly the Colorado Raptors mm-hmm. in the MLR, a couple years ago when they decided to leave Major League Rugby, they made an announcement saying that they they made this press release and they put it on social media and they said, we are leaving because we want to grow the sport by creating better players for the World Cup. They wanted to make international players. They wanted to make homegrown, American-born, or American citizen talent into World Cup international players for USA Rugby. Mm. And a lot of people scoffed at it. A lot of people were kind of like, okay, good one. People were really confused. Like, why would you leave Major League Rugby? They were having success. And then they said they want to grow these players and and get crossover athletes. That was a big part of it, too. They wanted to go out, get the former college football, NFL players. They wanted to get former basketball players. Basically, anyone who's played a sport at a very high level. They wanted to pull them in, teach them rugby, and then put them on a world stage. And people were like, ah, that just, it doesn't, like, it doesn't seem viable. And then over the last couple of years, you're seeing great success of these crossover athletes. Whenever someone gets signed to American Raptors, it feels like within a few months, a year, they're signed to a major league rugby team or they're in that USA it's player cool, pool. Yeah. There was a handful of them this past year that were on that USA yeah. team. And, it, and, and it, some of the U23 guys even. Yeah. And so like it, it's happening. They're doing it and they're doing it in a short amount of time. And it's just really interesting. But they now have, instead of just doing exhibitions where they, they train, they train, they train, and then they play just a random match. Train, train, hmm. random match. They now are a part of Super Rugby Americas. And so what that is, Super Rugby, you know, in the, what would that be, the Southern, Western Hemisphere, like New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, there's Super Rugby. Huge, huge league, um, great stuff over there. Well, over in South America, you know, you got Argentina, you got Brazil, Chile, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay. They all are like, hey, we want to do something too. So they have Super Rugby Americas. The American Raptors are like, we want to be a part of this. So they joined, and the schedule just was released. It will start Saturday, February 18th, and the Raptors will be playing against uh, Southam. And I'm trying to see where that is. That is in uh, Santiago, Chile. Chile. Um, yeah. So basically, the league consists of two teams from Argentina, Pampas from Buenos Aires and Dagos 15 from Cordoba. Cobras Brazil 15 is from Sao Paula. Selknam is from Santiago, Chile. Yacar Bay 15 is from Asuncion, Paraguay. Panarol Rugby is from Montevideo, Uruguay. And the American Raptors from 
Glendale, Colorado, United States. So I apologize if I butchered some of the pronunciation hey, on those. You, you did all right on that, though. I mean, you would have done better than I would have. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at reading, especially when it's the root words are in another language. So, but no, it's going to be a great, a great opportunity for America talent to play against international talent. I mean, Argentina is a top class, uh, you know, country top mm. tier. Oh yeah. Uh, Chile is who we tied and got beat out of the world cup God. qualification. Mm. Uh, you know, Uruguay and Paraguay, those are two countries that we think we should be ahead of, but you know what are we, you know, we we're barely a tier two nation. It feels like, I mean, we can't even make the world cup. So, they're going to start on February 18th, and then it will go until June. Yeah, June 2nd. doesn't say when the final. Yeah, June 2nd is the semifinals. doesn't say when the finals are. So well, pretty much determined, yeah. this is exactly the same schedule as MLR. MLR, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to see any more players go from the Raptors to MLR. I don't think this is going to be like a uh, – like a player pool for major league rugby. That's kind of how we yeah. were looking at it. Yeah. Hey, someone goes to the Raptors. They're definitely going to MLR next. Not anymore. It's American Raptors. They play these international matches and then probably USA player pool looking at international mm-hmm. and then also building continuity. Really cool stuff. You know, they went against the grain when everyone was trying really hard. We need a domestic professional rugby yes. competition. We have to have it. We're going to get into in this third segment, Pat Clifton wrote about how, uh, you know, Major League Rugby, they are a entertainment slash for profit slash, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Their, their, their main goal isn't to make USA Rugby better. Yeah, it's more financial gain than anything. They want to sell tickets. They want people to watch rugby and be entertained. They're... Their main goal isn't to send people to the World Cup. It'd be cool, but that's at the bottom line, that's not it. So what the Raptors did, you know, to break away, to rebuild, that was huge. Really cool to see what they did. Um, and, you know, really happy for their success so far. Wishing them luck in this upcoming 2023 season in this inaugural Super Rugby Americas uh, season for them. And the whole thing's supposed to be broadcast on ESPN Star Plus. Have you ever heard of ESPN Star Plus? I'm guessing it's their digital streaming. That's yeah, I'm going to have to look into with... it because I would really like to try to watch a few matches. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Well, and I, I mean, you know some of the players, yeah, you know. I, I mean, that's like Tavius from Cedar Rapids. Yeah. He's playing for him, And yeah, it's going to be really, really cool to watch. So definitely keep an eye on this. Check it out. And speaking of rebuilding, too. We have our next interview here, Mark Blong of River City Rugby. Mm. Really fun interview, friend of the program. Uh, River City, they were struggling on some numbers. They come up with that intra-city sevens. Yeah, they were really kind of, you know, thinking outside the box to try to improve numbers and get something rolling for the fall season. Ended up playing some matches, some friendly stuff. Didn't have any, like, actual league play. But they are on the up and up, I would say. And hopefully we'll be seeing them participating in the competitive fall season this next year definitely and so we're going to hear from mark on all of that but it's just kind of interesting too like you look at the raptors trying something new outside of the box success same thing river city Mm -hmm. they try something new obviously way different scenarios but at the heart of it 
culture's number one. Yeah. And Mark really dives into that. And I think that that's what really shines through is like, this is why we love this sport, the culture, the people. Yes. Everyone could do anything they want to do in their free time, but people are choosing to be here. People are choosing to be in Mason City at River City uh, Rugby Club. Really cool to hear. So let's check in with our friend Mark. Yeah. All right, and we are here with Mark Blong of River City Rugby, friend of the program, reoccurring guest. Mark, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks, Gray. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Phil, say hi. Hi, Mark. <laughs> hey, Phil. Phil's just sitting here looking at me like, what is, what's going on? But no, uh, we wanted to check in with you. New year. Uh, you know, we last time we talked to you, we recapped that Intracity Sevens program that you guys ran was very successful and after we ran that episode multiple clubs uh that we talked to people were like we want to do something like that and that's like can we join the league yeah people were very interested and and it really kind of was one of the first times of this podcast where we really saw our goal happen where it was like hey there's great things happening in our state like let's share the wealth you know and and let's share these ideas and learn from each other and kind of motivate each other. So we wanted to check in though and kind of see, you know, how was the fall season for you guys after that intracity sevens? Uh, yeah. Um, well, compared to our spring, it was, uh, a bit better. Um, we were actually able to, uh, hold up a season there. So, um, it, it was good. Uh, it's, it's about rebounding anyway. So, um, we, yeah, we were able to play a handful of games. We didn't have a real strenuous schedule just cause, we wanted to see if the um, summer sevens really would turn turn the numbers over, and it did. It did in a way. Um, our numbers were a little bit better. They still aren't where we need them to be. Um, so uh, we did have quite a bit of success, and we did have a handful of players come from that league. Um, but I think one of the biggest things was actually building the culture because. Um, when you have kind of a falling out and that trying to build the culture back up is probably the hardest thing and the most likely thing to make a club fold. So um, I feel like going into the, the fall, we did have a little bit more motivation, a little bit more uh, wind under our wings. Uh, the games went pretty well. We, we felt a little bit more competitive and um, part of that probably was just remaining active through the summer and um, sevens is a good skills game too. So um, I think that was, I mean, that beats practicing through the summer, uh, getting to play. So um, uh, we had RA numbers. We did have to borrow a couple of players a couple of times, um, but clubs have been really awesome to us. And I think that's a, a tribute to Iowa rugby too. Um, I think clubs around the state just want to see clubs that are hurting a little bit come back. And um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a good fall. Um our record didn't reflect a lot of growth either, but uh, we played some pretty close games and, and gave some teams some fits. So um, we were pretty happy with the, the growth in that aspect as well. Um, nice. Who are some, of the, who are some of the teams you guys played against? Uh, we played the, the Pigs. Um, we played Cedar Rapids. We played Iowa Falls. Um, I'm trying to think who else we played. I cannot recall who else we played. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but yeah, uh, 
they were all they're all competitive games they're fun um one thing that was a change was we were we were putting up more points on in the games too so um that's a nice thing to see and uh, a couple of the young guys that are in our area to have them like one of the kids that came out he had never played before and he just was a kind of a bystander for the first week in intercity sevens and then he uh hopped in with us for the 15th season after playing in the seventh season and the kid is just he's an athlete that's for sure um so it was great to have him and then uh we had a kid playing scrum half for us that played high school up in albert lee but he came down for intercity sevens and i mean he's really he's really bought into our club and actually brought his dad out so um we had we got we gained a scrum half and a prop out of it and his dad's really um, loving the culture and loving rugby. So it's kind of neat to see a couple guys come from that league and get into 15s and um, really enjoying it. So, um, you know, it was great to see the the turnout. Um, like when we talked about the spring, only having a couple people out of practice and then having to make that tough call to, to call off the season and then having, I think we ended up with that final week, 69 people play on that field. So um, I have had a lot of other clubs, even, you know, I go around, as you know, I came down and watched you guys as well. to cheer you guys on. Um, I go to different things around the state and people are like, man, I might come up on Wednesdays to, to go to them. I'm like all the way from West Des Moines. <laughs> but it's it's been a it's been neat, encouraging, and and I think that it will create more local players too, like it like it did this year, but even probably stronger this upcoming year. Yeah, and it looked like you guys finished like this fall season out like with you know some momentum because like I saw a picture from that uh, Cedar Rapids match, and there was a lot of people there. You know, yeah, and the the Cedar Rapids guys, it was. It was a it was a fun game. Uh, there was a lack of defense on both teams, but um, it was it was fun. It, it, but it got a little bit chippy. But it was good to you know it was kind of um, uh, I guess like the spirit of the team having you know we we really wanted that game. Um, it was pretty it was pretty it was a pretty wild game for sure. But um, Cedar Rapids are we got a lot of guys that are great to us and um, they're good hosts and. Uh, a lot of our guys enjoyed just getting back out there. Even you know, you know how it goes—the road trips to different towns. Oh, yeah. um, it's always a good time socializing with the other team. So um, it just kind of put us back in the groove, and, uh, and another good way to end the season. I think that they might have had a couple games drop in the fall, or they wanted another game at least. So it worked out well for us to be able to match up with them and and get a game in there. So I know that it was a tough, tough season for some of the different D3 programs in Iowa. So mm-hmm. um, to be a club that they could reach out to and um, we could kind of get that going, um, it was good. And like I said, you go to the social and they're checking in on your club and being like, what can we do to help you guys? We got to, you know, see what we can do as well. So um yeah, it's, you feel a lot of love, and it, I think that kind of re-energizes players, too, that have been around for a while and then, you know, deal with the hardship of taking a spring off. So and I think it was too, definitely a good end. People are taking notice, you know. I mean, you guys didn't just sit there like, oh, man, we don't have the numbers. Bummer. I mean, you made that sevens league, and again, you know, people are telling you in person, and they're, they're telling us, everyone's talking about it. Like, 
it, it was the talk of the summer of like, look at what they're doing there, you know? And so people were interested of like, how's that going to be? And, and I think too, you know, you said you saw some numbers grow, not as much as you would like yet, but the fact that that culture is changing, I mean, that has to feel great, like such a success because culture is something that you can try as hard as you want, but it's something that has to happen organically. Mm. And it sounds like through the the structure of that sevens league, rolling it into the fall, you've got that culture. It's starting to bring in more people. I mean, the fact you had someone come from Albert Lee and his dad, like that, that speaks to the culture. And I think that's something like Phil said, the momentum, something to build on. Um, that's huge. So what are, what are the plans for this spring to keep this, kind of momentum train rolling for river city um i think still capitalizing on our on the culture we we've always been a team that tries to do things right and also just uh you know like getting the boys together so we have um like a christmas party coming up and recruitment night coming up and um just ways to get us back together um we usually do like a super bowl party with the with the rugby club so those little events keep us guys kind of tight you know and then um we also well we got pretty we have pretty good luck with getting practice space indoors in the spring so um hopefully we can get some guys back out for that it's kind of nice when the new year rolls around people are motivated mm-hmm. they want to get in shape they're they're thinking about the spring they have that itch you know so um a lot of times you enter the spring with quite a bit of momentum so that was what was hard heartbreaking last year is if you don't have that in the spring it's like it's going to be a tough year. So um, I think with with what we had last year and so many people being pumped about that, going into the spring, we're carrying on that momentum. But we also had some other guys that couldn't play in the fall that uh, kind of verbally committed to playing in the spring So um, that had played in Intracity 7. So hopefully they come through and, uh, you know, we, we hit those indoor practices and guys are, are ready to work and, um get the right momentum going but i think the social events too and just getting the guys together um that's that's huge and uh the christmas party is a good time and things so i think that's that's one of the best things we can do because intercity sevens it's it's good um good culture building um but you don't get those like big social events with it so Mm -hmm, yeah I think that the social events are good too. And then you can bring in the, the wives and the girlfriends and all that too. And, um, you know, you guys know how it goes. Oh yeah. Those yeah. events are important. It's yeah. like the awards banquet, you know, they're good social off field, uh, get togethers that kind of build your brotherhood. So yeah, those, those random nights that turn into early mornings where you're just kind of like, <laughs> you know, and, and like, you don't have to be super athletic to, you know, go to the Christmas party or say, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where even if you're not a player, you could just be a fan or supporter or a family member or a friend of the program of just like, you know, it's just a place you want to be. Cause it's, mm. it's a fun time. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, rugby on the field focus all the time. It's like, we we've really taken that approach of like, we want to recruit people to our team who don't even play. Like we want to have right. people who are just fun to hang out with because they make the culture better and then that attracts other people to play because like they're fun, but I also have the itch to compete or whatever, you know, like getting those glue guys that kind of know how to set up a party or, or get people out on the town or, you know, whatever. Yeah, no and, doubt. and then, you know, we're blessed as being 
um, an older club that we can, we have alumni that will pop out to events and stuff too. Mm. And um, one of the best things you get, you know, you get one of those older alumni guys talking to one of these young guys that are just kind of learning about the culture and the sport, you know, you, you see them kind of chatting it up and learning other stories that can get them a little bit more excited and, mm. and pulled in even a little bit further too. So, um, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it took me five years of going and watching my buddies play rugby before I decided to play. It was like, <laughs> it's like you finally took that. I finally took that kind of that leap to it. So, um, yeah, that, I'm one of those stories that if it wasn't for like the social things that they did and stuff and mm-hmm. interacting with them and having those opportunities, I might not have actually ever played. So it gives yeah. me some hope because we always have a few people that come around where it's like, man, it's like, really wish you'd play with us but like i understand like why you don't want to play and it's like well if you you know went and watched for five years it's like oh we got a few more years to kind of yeah. twist some arms <laughs> and get them to come play yeah i don't know if i'm the typical story but i think that happens to every every club every once in a while they they get they get someone that's hanging out around the club and um i mean even when i played in colorado i can think of a couple of people that just they're just kind of like drinking buddies that always like to come out to the games and they, they almost felt bad because they weren't playing, but we we're just happy they were there to hang out. Like they're good supporters, and um, sometimes they don't turn into players. So that's all right too. It's oh, yeah. like you guys know, rugby is a culture; it's not just a sport. So oh yeah, like we have yeah. a couple guys that are friends of the Wombats who like they're there at every match, and I know like on a kickoff, if I'm standing on the sideline, they're like, "Hey, Gray, you want a drink of the beer?" Like they'll just throw me a beer, take a sip, throw it back, and then they're at every social. <laughs> I mean, I think some of these guys are at more events than I am. Uh, like definitely think of like, not think they are no, like Shelly like <laughs> Shelly yeah he's, he's always there it's like he's like hey where you been man I'm like you're not even on the team but <laughs> yeah. like you're you're a yeah, very important that. part of this team like you you I don't know it's it's fun and you know seeing and talking about the banquet and kind of I'm looking here at you know your awards banquet I got a I got a few questions for you and I, I hope yep. you can help me out because a lot of teams have the same boring awards as always, but I notice River City has MVP, so Cole Arndt and Ethan Sprung, they got that. Rookie of the Year, Mason Drescher. And then you don't do the boring awards. You, you got some other ones. Do, do you care if we dive into these about what these actually mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely care. So, yeah, let's just start with Bumboy. Christian Burgos, what is a Bumboy Award? <laughs> so the, the Bumboy Award is for uh, the person with the, the basically the most potential that fails to meet it. So um, <laughs> it's a pretty good award, but I will say that some people, um, they have a hard time when they win it. I mean, sometimes people don't have thick skin you got to kind of remind them it's it's out of love so um yeah i think i've even gotten the bum boy before so um you know i'm like you think think about it your, your teammates think you got potential just look at that way so but i mean like and a lot of times we're poking fun at someone just when they weren't around and stuff and and when we do that we're still understanding that people have uh lives and situations outside of the club but it's a way to tease them and yeah. Usually it's a way that we're kind of basically letting them know, like, like <laughs> we, we see a lot more in you. We got to have you around. We got to, we got to get you out there doing what you can do. So, I mean, it's yeah. one of those things too, where like, if you weren't showing up and, and no one was asking about you, like that's, that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like right. the fact that people are like, Hey, we, we want you around. It's like, 
there is a silver lining there. It's like there's a reason. There's potential there. So there's a good yeah. way to look at it. And then you got the Ames Award. Andy Dalski? Dalski, yeah. Dalski. Um, so the Ames Award is actually that's that's a good one. That's probably the biggest award for the club. That's um, there there was a a while ago when, back when the club had a, a bus and that there was uh, Skip and Bonnie Ames were a couple that um, they they did a lot for our club. Uh, they didn't play on the club, but they they are great supporters and would would help keeping our bus going and uh, just did a lot of off the field stuff. So um, the Ames Award is actually for the person that does the most off the field for the club. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, so that's kind of, the, that's, I mean, that's, that's the club's MVP, you know? So, uh, in my opinion, so, um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good award. And Andy, um, he's, uh, he's been around the club for quite a while now and he, uh, he's been taking things pretty serious the last couple of years. And he seems to be someone that has a lot of enthusiasm and really wants to get to work and always trying to see where he can step in and help out. So, um, it was well deserved on his part to to see him get that recognition because he he's been uh, a big piece of the heart the the past year. Or so definitely we're going through some tough stuff. So last yep, spring you guys one. came down when we had that tournament, and Andy oh, was yeah. one of the guys that came down to jump on a squad to just get more playing time. I think it was you and Andy, and there might have been a couple other guys from River City, right? That like, yeah, yeah. I remember talking to him, and he just was very big into like. Yeah, love this club, love this sport, want to do what I can. And it kind of like he was there to play rugby, but also to like pick people's brains of like, you know, what can I take back to my club, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he is always looking to see what he can do. And um, he was chipping in on like getting, um, you know, working on getting messages out to alumni and to active side. And um, now this year he's uh, actually the the vice president of the club. So nice. Um, yeah, it's good to see him move into that position as well. So uh, he's definitely his heart's in it. Um, he's he's uh, been pretty serious the last year or two about you know working hard at practice and, and just doing off field stuff. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really happy about him. So nice. And then the next one, Jake Lee won the award for clothesline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Beamer clothesline award. So uh, Tom Beamer, it was it we. But we do have some of our awards banquets beyond these ones. We have dubious awards where basically we'll give out a prop and a, a story with it. And um, at one point, they uh, apparently did this with Tom Beamer, and um, they got pulled out, out of the old collection at some point. And uh, Jake Lee's been a repeat offender on this one. So, um, you know, it's, it's there's always a couple guys up for it. You know how it goes. But if you've been up for it before, you're – you're always a fringe uh, clothesline award winner. So, um, yeah, his his vote got put back into it. And Jake uh, just kind of recently came back to the club. He, he took a, a few years kind of away, and it was great to have him back out. But, man, you always got to talk to him about keeping it low. So, this <laughs> oh, <so laughs> for high tackles, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. A lot of sense. So high tackles. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun one. Um, Usually during the game, it ain't real fun. You you <laughs> get a little bit frustrated, or you know you you appreciate his um, uh, tenaciousness, but it's got to be a little bit lower. <laughs> so, uh, but he's a, he's a great guy too, and um, you know he, he he's a great guy. But yeah, he goes high. So 
That's that was awesome. not surprised when he won that one. That's another so. fun one, kind of picking, uh, you know, in it in having some good fun. But Mark, did you know Phil in ah. ten years has never gotten a high tackle? Is that right? He's not tall enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Can, he's good at getting low. I know it's a joke, but I actually have been uh, yellow carded for a high tackle before. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson gave me my very first yellow card ever. So uh, I remember it very distinctly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm yeah. probably on a scrum half. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> Yeah, they're just doing the, the old duck, and you didn't have a choice, right? It was, it was on the Iowa Falls scrum half. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, uh, it took me quite a few years, but then I got two yellow cards in like uh, almost back to back weeks. As far as like first and third game, I got yellow cards. I couldn't believe it. it just felt like the biggest lead by my team, <laughs> and it was just complete ignorance on my part. So yeah, I've been there. That's tough. Mine was mine was well deserved for yellow though. I, I was I was not being an awesome dude out there, so <laughs> I deserved that one. So but speaking of stuff for you, what was your award? Because I saw that your name was on that list too. Oh, I got the Finkel Award. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, all about? That's a. I think I'm a repeat offender on that one too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, as we you guys probably know, the Ace Ventura movie where Ray Finkel. You know, laces out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so for the Ray Finkel Award, it's basically who uh, displayed the worst kicking ability. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it could come from one kick, or it can come from kicks you did in the game, or it can come from overall kicking ability over the year. And um, yeah, I had a couple of kickoffs in the Cedar Rapids games that didn't go ten meters, and that's just embarrassing. <laughs> and then. Uh, there's a couple other kicks throughout the, the year. I'm usually one of the candidates. I I typically am kicking, and if I haven't been practicing, I probably need to give that ball up. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty well deserved. I had a feeling that one was coming. Um, unfortunately, when you're the one up there and you get the card, you have to read it off that it's you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's all good fun. You know, you get that the little personal pride you want to defend yourself. And you're like, no, don't defend yourself. You, <laughs> no. you, you know what you did. <laughs> That's awesome, though, that you guys, you know, you, you have the serious awards. You, you build those guys up who've done well. But then you're able to have that, like, humility of, like, you know, like, we can't take it too seriously. Let's have some fun here. Let's let's poke at ourselves a little bit. And it just, it, it is. It makes for a fun night. And I know joke awards are always the most fun. That's why, like, the way you guys listed them, maybe we weren't supposed to spill the beans because it just says, Ames Award, Bum Boy, Clothesline, Finkel, but had to ask because I've never seen those awards, and yeah. I love it. I, I think that's yeah. fantastic. They said usually we give like some other awards too that like me or someone else would go out and like go to like a thrift store and see if there's any um, objects we can match with the person. <laughs> and uh, we usually get some pretty funny ones, but um, yeah, it's it's a good. I think it, I think it builds camaraderie too, oh, yeah. and um, especially when you got some of the guys that have been around for a while that can laugh at themselves, uh, you know, and enjoy things like that. I think that's so big and, and it's just tough now. You, you, you can be mean the most well in the world and still like offend people. And um, some people it still happens with, and it, yeah. you know, it kind of breaks your heart when you, you, you do offend someone from joking around. But uh, for the most part, I think rugby people are pretty good about that. And um, I, I mean, it's been the thing since I joined. Like, 
and you got to be able to laugh at yourself and um yeah i and know I, uh I you guys too, understand that so it's big that like you know you've been around rugby for a long time and you know i'm sure a lot of those young guys or new guys look to you as a leader just being a guy that's been there who's put so much into it and if you can get one of these awards and kind of laugh at yourself it's like hey this is a guy i look up to this is a guy who leads the team if he can actually like you know kind of laugh about it i shouldn't worry about my progression or if i did something wrong like we all like 80 minutes is a long time no one can do anything perfect for 80 minutes you know like right. kind of realizing like hey, we're all in this together, have some fun. And if you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world and we can laugh about it, have a beer and move on. So I think that's cool too to see like you got one of these awards too. And I think that shows guys like it's not going to stop you from playing, you know, and hopefully people can be like, okay, this like they understand the tone a little bit better and it's not like an attack. It's like, hey, we're just having fun here. Yeah, Yeah, and I think we got to gauge that too is like, senior senior players like um you kind of you got to make sure they've warmed up to you already you don't want to just jump on someone their first day and and clown on them you know what i mean um and i think for the most part we do pretty good with that and mm-hmm. if someone really we, we've had people that got offended or someone you know that thinks it's too far and there's always the open dialogue that they can discuss it. and i i try to be very aware of that if I feel someone's been, you know, feels disrespected or something was said too far or whatever, I try to try to talk with them at least, you know, and, and figure out where they're at and, and understand if it really did go too far, um, you know, or, you know, just how it made them feel and how we can kind of rectify the situation. Cause you know, it, sometimes it does happen, you know, sometimes people go a little bit too far. They stay on, stay on something too much and it's like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's drop it, you know, but it, it's, I think if your culture is good around it, uh, those are pretty minor things, you know, and you just, you work through those. And uh, I, I, you've been around rugby long enough. You know how it goes. You guys are always giving Phil enough shit. So, yeah, but it hurts my feelings. (laughs) You know, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's, for me, it's always been kind of like a funny part of it, too. you know, you go with the old boys anywhere. You, you just listen to some of the nicknames. And, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, that reminds me of a few nicknames when we were at UNI, and it's just oh. like, oh, my gosh. The fact we had a guy on the team who played all four years, and his nickname was Dick Muncher. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> don't say his yeah. name. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I didn't call him. Anyways, um, <laughs> like, the fact that, like, 10 years ago that was common, like, people would get some of the most absurd nicknames. And it was like, maybe someone said something or they made a joke one time or they did one thing in the first two weeks of playing. And then that name sticks with them for 10 years, 20 years, right. 30 years. And it's like, oh my God. And like, yeah, getting the old boys and the and the newer guys, it's just different generations and comedy jokes are a little bit different throughout the generations. And <laughs> some are a little more edgy some years, some aren't. Yeah. And, got, and like, as a person like involved with, admin of the club you got to like try to keep everything balanced to keep the that culture up and positive and and get rid of you know some of the really bad stuff and i think we're seeing a positive change overall in all of rugby people are kind of weeding out the super toxic stuff but yeah it still pops up i mean it's gonna pop up anywhere but hard to avoid yeah yeah i feel like with rugby um you know you you get a recruit sometimes and you can you're kind of getting a bad vibe off them. And it seems like to me, um, 
rugby kind of weeds them out on their own sometimes too. Right. Like if you have a good culture and they, they, they seem to, it seems they find themselves out of place. So yeah. um, I, th- I think if you're doing the right things and, and I'm calling for the right things, then they'll, they'll find themselves out of place and kind of remove themselves. But yeah. you know, it does happen where you have someone around the club that you got to kind of watch and, and kind of, <laughs> kind of talk, talk to and, and try to work them into, you know, kind of bettering how they handle things. But, you know, I mean, rugby's conducive of positive things. And, um, yeah, it, it takes character, I think, to to stick it out for too long. So That's right. um, it's only probably grown most people's character. And I've seen some people come in that were kind of iffy people, and they really, through being stuck around the right people and, and good positive people, they've kind of they kind of made a change, it seems. So, yeah. Hey, Mark, we're getting up close to the end here. I got one last question for you. High school rugby, are we going to see it back in Mason City this spring? Have you heard anything? Is anything in motion? Man, I'd love to to, uh, say I knew something was happening for sure, and I'm not for sure on that. Uh, Right now, it's it's the having having coaches ready. Um, And I, I probably need to do a little bit more more work on my end with trying to bring people up. I have, you know, the materials to get anyone going or, or um, would be happy to console anyone that would be willing to take it on. And so I think maybe I need to try to seek out and recruit more, more people that might be interested in doing that and, and giving back to, to rugby in our area that way. Um, when we, when we usually just take someone stepping up. And I think that a lot of times people are a little bit nervous about taking that on because it's coaching high school. Usually the infrastructure isn't all in place and you're feeling more like you're president, a coach, you know, you're, you're taking on the whole thing. So I think when we, we look to recruit coaches, we need to have um, some other people in play as well. So it doesn't seem so daunting, you know, like coaching a men's club, you already have the structure there and then you come in as a coach and then high school and you're trying to recruit mm-hmm. someone for that. That seems so big. And I think uh, it seems when you're, you're dealing with kids as well, you know, and these young adults there, I think there's, it's that much bigger, you know, and give them the encouragement and the support. Definitely. But no, I, definitely. Well, Mark, we appreciate you jumping on and kind of filling us in on how River City's been doing and kind of the plans moving forward. It sounds like you got good culture in place, and um, we're definitely excited to see what you guys do this spring. And, and again, the Summer 7s, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people traveling to go check it out, and you know we'll be keeping our eye on it. So yeah. good luck this spring, and Happy New Year, man. Yeah, Happy New Year. I really appreciate you guys and everything you're doing. You guys are doing amazing things. So hey, cheers to you guys. We appreciate that, man. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll check in with you soon. All right, brother? All right. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Always good to hear from our friend Mark. Uh, sounds like things, like we said, are on the up and up. You know, you never want to be in that situation where it's like, oh, we had to take the fall off, um, just play some friendlies. And take the fall off in a sense of um, – you know, playing exhibition matches, yeah. you know, you want to be in that competitive uh, field, but I mean, it's something they had to step back, reevaluate and yeah, things, things are on the up and up, you know, the, a lot of work to be done, 
but it sounds like they've got good people and good positions uh, to help lead, to help grow. Uh, uh, sounds like after that banquet, the morale is high. Oh, yeah. They have a Christmas or they had their Christmas party. They have a, I think he said like a Super Bowl party that they're getting yeah. together for. Just doing like stuff as a team together, get involved, even if it's not specifically to, you know, towards rugby, they're just mm-hmm. getting together as a group of buddies and hanging out, right. doing stuff like kind of what we were trying to do. You know, well, did you see what Dubuque rugby did? No, I missed it. I must've missed it. They all they... went snowboarding in Dubuque at sundown. Oh, what? and they wore their jerseys over the top of their jackets hey, that's, or their coats. That's, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. And speaking of, we didn't even have this on the run sheet. Speaking of doing things, have you set up our bowling night or casino night? I was going to talk to you about this after the show. <laughs> well, now that we're here, have you called anybody? I have. Okay. And I was trying to put a little reservation in, but the place that I really wanted us all to go to doesn't exactly do reservations. Mm-hmm. But so it's just like a... Uh, Free, like first come first serve type deal gotcha but if we all get there early enough and we're like hey these are our lanes we'll yeah depending on what time i want to start at, yeah. i was gonna ask you about the time if it no, was no no like no, two no. O'clock, four again, o'clock. Again, again but i did make a, i made some phone calls you're the, looking at some stuff so you're the social chair you don't have to run it by me you just do it mm. D- don't run it by me because that saves us so much time <laughs> just plan it and then i'll post it okay don't I, i've said this so many times don't ask me what day or what time just just do it. Just do it. Okay. 100%. Speaking of a rebuild, though. <laughs> you caught me off guard there, you fucker. You flustered me. <laughs> I know. You're very flustered right now. No, and that's the thing. I didn't mean to, but it was funny. It's like, oh, like what we're trying to do. I'm like, we've been trying to do a bowling night since December. And we're now in. Yeah, that wasn't my fault. It was holidays. <laughs> I'm. Like the thing people don't see about admin stuff. Like, here's a little behind the scenes. Like, I. <laughs> I could kill you. <laughs> I just want to do a social thing, but I don't want to plan it. Oh, casino night though, too. Like we should definitely do that. No, I know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the one weekend would be really fun to do, even though it'd be probably too close to Valentine's Day. But I was thinking, like the was it the eighteenth, February eighteenth weekend would be all right. But I don't know if that'd be like too close to valentine's day for most people well i mean valentine's day will be on a tuesday yeah i just didn't know if people are going to want to do something that weekend or the weekend before it's the weekend after but hey again don't ask me you you do it you do it and i'll post it out to our team and we'll be good to go that sounds good that's not at all what we meant to talk about (laughs) in this segment but talking about like rebuilding things talked about it before pat clifton he wrote for rugby morning an article in three parts and we're going to take a little look into it, but I mean, it is, it is a great read. Uh, We're not going to go over every little detail because we could spend, there's a lot that you can cover. Yeah. We could spend hours going over it. Mm. So he put it into three different parts over three different days. Part one, how we USA rugby went broke part two, how we missed the world cup USA rugby and part three, what to do recalibrate relationships. So Phil, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead here. Um, Basically, and again, we're not going to hold your hand and walk you through this whole thing. Go to Rugby Rugby Morning, give this a look, read Mm -hmm. it through yourself, make your own opinion, but we're just going to give you our take on it. Um, Because again, it it is really in-depth and really interesting. I think something that we should be aware of because again, I think everybody's so like, USA Rugby, like rah, 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 we love our country and we love rugby and we want it to be better, but we don't know why it's not getting better. Mm -hmm. Why do we keep losing we got the World Cup bid. 
but we missed out on this World Cup. That's not good. And there's even rumors I've heard of like World Rugby could be like, hey, USA, just kidding. We're going to give it to someone else. I know. That's the scary part. I mean, everybody's looking at it. We have eight years before we host. That's realistically not a ton of time. You know, so we really need to dial things in and kind of change things a little bit to make sure we can still host. <laughs> right. And World Rugby is going to keep be keeping a close eye on that, especially yeah. sooner rather than later, yeah. you know, because they don't want to wait too long and then be like, oh, shit, you know, we have to be really picking it up. So starting off the first part, how we went broke, what was your big takeaway? Well, obviously, financial issues. They He highlighted a couple of uh Historical things that have happened over the past decade, specifically the event in 2014, the Soldier Field match with New Zealand and USA, which was you know perceived as a huge success, mm-hmm. sold out the whole field. Were everything. you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was. Yeah. That was really yeah. fun. That was fun. It was one of my. It's a core memory for yes. me. Yes, that was still kind of an like an early stage in rugby mm-hmm. for me. I think it was only second year playing or something, mm-hmm. and it was just one of the most fun times I ever had. And then for him to highlight that and mention, you know, some of the financial issues surrounding it, it's kind of a bummer. Because I thought that was like a successful deal for USA Rugby when in all reality kind of had a bigger negative impact. Well, and USA lost that match 74 to 6. Yeah, but it was considered a win. It was on TV because I remember my wife Lex and at the time we were dating and I remember she said she was like having drinks or brunch with like girls and they're flipping through the tv and it landed on whatever channel it was on i think it might have been on nbc mm-hmm. and she's like oh ryan's at that game and like it was like like people were tailgating the stadium like the vibe was good the you know it was on nbc people took notice even yeah. though we lost 74 to 6 overall people were like this was cool this yeah. is good we can build on this and the next thing he talked about was months later, Rugby International Marketing, RIM, was oh, born. Yeah, RIM, yeah. So yeah. I remember when RIM was created. And there was like, a lot of people were like, oh my God, this is going to be like what they did with soccer. And money's just going to be flowing in, yeah. flowing in, flowing in. And the thing was, um, yeah, it it was terrible. It was awful because... It's some sort of like botched deal too with the whole hosting, uh, the Premier 7s deal in Vegas. That was another thing he yeah. highlighted too. And like the one of the chairmen uh, of the board was an owner of San Francisco Giants uh, who basically uh, they spent money, like $700,000 worth of money that they shouldn't have spent. Yeah. They overpaid <laughs> $800,000 on a high performance department. And then there's a $40 million lawsuit between World yeah. <laughs> United World Sports. Yeah, and that was the the USA 7s in Las Vegas. Well, and it's wild, too, because he highlights, too, obviously, pandemic. Like, USA rugby mm-hmm. filed for bankruptcy in 2020, June of 2020, because yeah. of so-called the pandemic. And their revenue was basically depleted to nothing because... Apparently, their largest source of revenue is us, grassroots rugby, rugby. which is wild to think. That is their number one (laughs) source of revenue. And obviously, with the pandemic and not, you know, having that consistent money coming in basically caused them, or according to USA Rugby, caused them to file for bankruptcy. But when you think about it, it was from other financial decisions that they've made over the past, like, decade and a half. Right. Is what really shot them in the foot. It's kind of like if you... 
you know, are making terrible financial decisions in your own life for like years and years and years. And then all of a sudden your furnace goes out, your water heater goes out. And it's like, well, that, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, this is the main reason why I'm ba- like, I'm you, broke. You've been living paycheck not. to paycheck for <laughs> yeah. 15 years. Yeah, exactly. You never made, you never made changes to be perfect. Cause yeah. yeah, you should, as an organization, they should grow and they should learn from these things. And, and that's where like with NCR popping up and they're taking all these college players away from USA, USA rugby, rugby yeah. you know, I look at it as a way of like, oh, this is cool because USA Rugby has to be like, we have to change our model because people are leaving. Mm-hmm. If they really value that money from those SIPs, from you know the player registration, they have to listen to the grassroots. They have to listen to the college players. What do they need? And then again, that's what's crazy is like, we, why do I have to pay to register? Where does my money go towards? And then we find out it goes to the very top. Yep. It's not going to things that are going to benefit you or me. You know, and so it's one of those things where we're like, why are we even paying money to this organization who's misspending, grossly making terrible decisions on our behalf, and then... Major misuse of funds. Yeah. That was a big issue, too. And then that's where I find it hard to be like, rah, 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 let's go USA Rugby. Like, all the players who are working their asses off, I'm rooting for them. But it's like, as an organization, it's like, no. We should miss out on the World Cup. Mm. It's a very, very poorly run organization yeah. from well, the top down. Yeah, talking about, <laughs> like in the article too, talks about like how people that put USA Rugby into this position, you know, the the, lead, the people that were in these leadership roles are basically all gone mm-hmm. and not having to deal with the backlash, mm. which is interesting. So basically, people made poor decisions; they're not around anymore. So who's to blame? Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, come at me all you want. I don't give a shit. I'm not a part of it. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild. Like, so that was basically just like the gist of part one. Mm-hmm. Part two, well, it made a lot of sense too. Just kind of going over that. So how we missed the World Cup? Yeah. So basically, identifying that a lot of the guys on the USA, uh, like team, like this player pool, they're pulling guys from obviously all sorts of different like clubs, and some of these guys are even like currently overseas that they're having to come back over. And then there was obviously some stuff about financial issues too for a lot of the uh, USA, like these uh, teams or whatever, like they were having like, he highlights some stuff where it was like declined, like card payments for like hotels and stuff mm. like that. And like some weird stuff with like team dinners, like eating at like Subway, which well, whatever, I like Subway, but like just highlighting like weird stuff like that. Like a lot of the stories that he talked about reminded me of like when we played at UNI as a club team. And we'd be like just roughing it, eating Subway, putting 15 guys in one hotel room. Yeah. And like, it was stuff like that. Having, yeah, literally. having cards get declined. I'm like, I don't know. We'll f- figure it out. And it's like, when you hit the top of the top, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, yeah. USA Rugby has 13 full time employees. So there's not many people. And yeah. he did break down too, you know, a lot of times people look at the very like in the moment, hey, should they have kicked possession away at the very oh, end? Yeah probably not, but we have bigger issues. Oh yeah. And one of the big things he said, our age grade teams are not playing together enough. Yeah. Like some of these other teams they play, they've been playing together for years where it's like they're throwing these guys onto this team and very few practices or interactions even with each other. Yeah. It's kind of like, I was telling you about that whole Netflix deal or whatever about the redeem team, the Olympics, the USA basketball. Yeah. Yeah. The 2004 one when they got bronze. A lot of those NBA guys are like, oh, they're all superstars, but 
they barely had a chance to play with each other, usually played against each other. So when it came to the Olympics, they ended up getting third place and losing to like Argentina and like Spain got second or something random like that. Right. It's kind of like a similar situation, but we're not even competing for a bronze. Like we're not even competing. They, like <laughs> we just want, in, we just want in the tournament and yeah. we just like a seat at the table. And, and that's the thing because like basketball, we're here. Every kid grows up knowing basketball. So like, yeah. I mean, it, it works out, but uh, it is one of those crazy things where I think there there are a lot of good people with good intentions, but they're also in their own camps, you know. Yeah. And and to try to get these kids identified, you know, a lot of a lot of pay for play kind of camps and things like that can, you know, limit players from playing with other guys and mm-hmm. and like it's just it is it's tough because. I think we have the talent. It's about identifying it and getting them together, more opportunities. We talked about with Iowa Select Sites. Every year, we do the same thing. The day of the tournament is the first time most guys ever play together. And then we go out there, we get beat, and we look around. We're like, that team wasn't that much better than us. Our timing was off. Our formation, our structure was off. Because, hey, when I play with my team, we run a 2-4-2. We run a 1-3-3-1. Well, we also run a one through three one, but this guy stands here. You know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. just slightly different. Yeah. This, yeah, there's no team chemistry mm-hmm. really quite yet. I mean, there's obviously guys that you play with, yeah, on um, like your your home club team, but right, not everybody. Right. So, and then it always feels a little off. And that's just the state of Iowa. You're talking Team USA. Yeah, <laughs> you have the whole country, and then there's also people who move to the United States and become citizens. I mean, yeah. a lot of these guys, they, they haven't played together. Yeah. And, yeah, and like, the, imagine your, you know, team chemistry, how much different or how much more in tune you have to be with each other at that high of a level compared to a men's club, you know? Yeah. And I, the next thing too, part three. So what do we do to fix it, Phil? What did he, what was his, what was his thing? Well, obviously getting our financial, situation figured out there needs to be some changes there and obviously leadership roles which you know because those were the two main problems leadership Mm -hmm. roles financial roles which the financial thing seemed to probably be the biggest barrier Mm -hmm. you know and then also playing ball with world rugby even though because they're like our second largest source of revenue apparently Mm -hmm. and you know basically being like in cahoots is the right word for it but be on good terms, I guess. Yeah. Would be a good way to put it. It's, I don't know. There's not a lot of, uh, I don't even know how to put it. Yeah. I, there's there's so many things that it's need. so much. There's it's, so many things that need to be fixed. And, you know, he talks about, too, how world rugby wants USA to be good. You know, world rugby wants to make sure that the Eagles are making it. Uh, they want to make sure they make it, but they don't care if we win the whole thing or not. Like, oh no, grassroots cares if we want. We want to win, right. or World Rugby wants us just to get there. Essentially, is what I gathered from that. Right, and you know? and that's where he talked about. You know, there are already rumors of World Rugby considering injecting pre World Cup money meant to improve the Eagles, not into the established Pro League MLR, but toward the American Raptors, the biggest rival. So the Glendale Raptors exited the league acrimoniously changed their name and joined Super Rugby America's formerly SLAR, S-L-A-R, the home of the South American pseudo-national teams. So basically, like like he's saying, you know, World Rugby wants 
USA Rugby to have a seat at the table because mm. there is a lot of money. There are oh. a lot of eyeballs in TVs. We're a very developed country. Um, well, they do talk a lot about just the amount of money you can make within the United States. Yeah. In the sporting world, if you look at the type of revenue that every other sport mm-hmm. in the U.S. generates, it's way more than like any other country practically. Right. You know, with any of these other sports. Right. But just saying, though, that like, so World Rugby would want to see the American Raptors do well. Maybe contracts are given to the Raptors, mm. not Major League Rugby. You know, World Rugby yeah. doesn't give a shit about Major League Rugby. Yeah. Because, you know, again, those owners, the all those people, they're for profit for themselves. You know, it doesn't help the overall team yeah. or the overall World Rugby. So really interesting stuff. I mean, again, we, we really paraphrased it. We really went through it quickly. Go to, again, RugbyMorning.com. They have great stuff. They have podcasts. They have articles. Uh, and, again, Pat Clifton, he's been a writer for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. I swear, as long as I've been in rugby, um, I've seen him writing, like, for Rugby Mag, Rugby Magazine. And then just he's kind of he got his... out, He puts out a lot of really good stuff to read. Yeah. I mean, it might sound kind of bleak and stuff, but there's going to be a silver lining and. Hopefully, everything starts to turn on the up and up for USA Rugby. Yeah, it just stings too because there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work. Yeah. And it just, it sucks because like your efforts could mean nothing uh, if the people at the top are just kind of like, eh, who cares, fuck it. You know, so hopefully, like you said, uh, the money has to get figured out. The leadership has to get figured out. And then just finding a way to identify these players and get them together more often uh, and then also, there's a new coaching staff, Scott Lawrence and Richard Ashfield, named interim head coaches of the men's and women's Eagles. So uh, I saw Casey Hansen, you know, he was excited about Scott Lawrence getting yep. put in for the men's side. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. So it says, USA men's Eagle number 364, Scott Lawrence is a highly familiar with all levels of the men's Eagles program, first coaching the USA men's U-20 squad to a World Trophy victory in 2012, shifting to the collegiate game with Life University. Lawrence led the powerhouse program as head coach and director of rugby for over 15 years, later moving up into the coaching ranks with Major League Rugby. With Rugby ATL, he served as the head coach and GM, bringing his experience in leadership and program development to the men's senior national team and beyond. With the men's Eagles entering the extended Rugby World Cup window, Lawrence will similarly take on the GM duties, helping to organize a go-forward structure for senior national team development. Dan Payne, having stepped down from his role as GM of high performance, will remain involved. So, looking at this, um, speculation made it seem like he probably won't be there for a full cycle. Who knows, but... I don't know. People were excited because he has a really great background. Yeah, a great resume. <laughs> but it says that go forward, like almost like the way it was worded is like, it's a band aid to like, all right, make things, make sure things are good while we're finding a really great replacement. Because I've heard, uh, what's that coach's name from England? Eddie Jones. Yeah. Everyone's talking about getting him to the United States, but again, it's not the coach. Like, the X's and O's aren't the main issue. Yeah. It's an overall structure of getting those players day in, day out, year in, identifying, getting them together. We could get the greatest rugby coach of all time, but if we don't have all the other structures in place, 
then it's going to mean nothing. It's going to mean <laughs> yeah. nothing. So exactly. I just uh, like, and that's the thing too. How are they going to pay for Eddie Jones? Our sips. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, let's... they even got the money for it at the moment. Like who knows what's going on with that right now? Yeah, what are they going to do? Take out a loan to pay it? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> things don't usually go too well when you file for bankruptcy, but right. And so that's, that's why you always jokingly say, but like, you're not wrong, but Mark Cuban, like yeah, no shit, please. You... Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing. You know why Mark Cuban doesn't get involved with USA Rugby? Because he's smart. Because it's a terrible business. Yeah. There's no return on investment. And the people who run the actual company of USA Rugby have run it into the ground. Yeah. And they've mismanaged funds. They've made bad deals. All outlined there. Again, hopefully too, like, I don't know, just thinking like if anyone is listening to this who like has worked with USA Rugby, like, um, not again, a few people don't represent everybody. Yeah. Again, exactly. a lot of the players, a lot of the coaches, like, yeah, we want USA rugby to be really good, but it's just, there's a few people, a few selfish or a few short sighted people who made some bad deals yeah. and it affected everybody. Or just didn't know what they were doing. Cause sometimes people get thrown into positions. And they're inept. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where too, like, hopefully it's not like everybody associated with USA rugby sucks. No, that's not what we're no. saying. There's a lot of good people. It's just, People have been set up to fail unintentionally, mm-hmm. but it's happened. And and that's where I think our frustration comes from is that there are a lot of good people, great athletes, great coaches, and we're not seeing the success. It's just like. And that Pat Clifton article highlighted that pretty well, where it's like, you know, the grassroots players and some people are a little bit, you know, on the other side there, like with World Rugby and uh, at the leadership roles, they want slightly different things, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm which is unfortunate. Yeah. No, I think, I don't know. I'd like to say like by the time the world cup gets to the United States in eight years, we're going to be in a better spot and we're competing like really competing. Yeah. But again, we both have been in this game for over a decade. And <laughs> and if anything, we've taken steps backwards on the field. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, they can get their ducks in a row. And they can kind of just just keep moving forward. Mm. Kind of like, you know, take a rugby analogy. Mo- just keep moving forward. Exactly. That's, that's how the game works. That's all we're keep asking forward. for. Keep moving forward. You know? Uh, any other things you have on that or anything else about USA? I mean, again, it sucks. The heartbreaker of that match against Chile. Mm. I was go- We were going to talk about that, but I don't really want to. Yeah. I think, it, I think that's just a beaten dead horse at this point we haven't talked about it yet on this podcast but i mean everybody else has been (laughs) yeah usa rugby had the chance to go to the world cup and then all we had to do is beat chile we had the lead at the end of the match blah 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 we were within the five meter line yeah and we i I don't know there's a penalty in the scrum they run it down then there's we kicked away possession stupid stuff i don't even know and then they got a penalty and they kicked it as time expired and tied the game and then because of points they got in. That's where, too, I said, I forget the team. There's the team we beat. And it was like, we need to put, we need to pour the points on. But yeah, that game happened during our break. So we hadn't touched it. So yeah. uh, it was just, it was a kick in the dick. But at the same time, the, coming from a Bear, a Chicago Bears fan, <laughs> hear me out. Hot take, spin zone. Okay. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I think it's good that we, we're left out of this World Cup. Because I've seen the Chicago Bears do this time and time again, where 
they make the playoffs with a really shitty team and then they keep Mitch Trubisky or they keep Mark Tressman as their coach. They, they have a super shitty team, but they sneak into the playoffs Mm -hmm. and then the GM goes, that's good enough. And then the next year we suck again. Yep. And then it takes, you have to hit rock bottom before some people at the top are like, no, we need to, we need to completely overhaul the structure. Cause again, I'm, I'm tired of the bears going seven and nine or, you know, now it's seven and 10, but no, the bears are three and 14 this year. You know, we hit rock bottom. The number one (laughs) pick is coming, but no, you know what I mean? No, I totally understand that as an American. Yes. I want them in the world cup, but we would have gone to the world cup and got beat by New Zealand by 80, a hundred. Yeah. You got to fail a couple of times so you can reevaluate and see what needs to change. Mm -hmm. So you aren't consistently just good enough or mediocre or whatever, you know? Missing the World Cup this time is only good if it sparks and kicks people in the ass and lights a fire under their ass and they make positive change. Exactly. Now, if we miss the World Cup and shit gets worse, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean... That that's my that's my hope. And yeah. like as a Bears fan, Iowa Hawkeyes, same thing. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I hope the Iowa Hawkeyes score zero points on offense the whole year, so Brian Ferentz gets fired. And then the Hawkeyes win, and you go, like the bowl game, they won twenty-one to zero, only one offensive touchdown. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh... do they keep Brian Ferentz? <laughs> like it's frustrating because it, it you have to hit rock bottom before certain people are willing to make changes. Mm. Rebuttal. I think you hit it perfectly on the head, but the only thing is like... Because all my we... sports teams suck that <laughs> yeah, I root for. <laughs> yeah, at this point, though, if things don't change and we don't move in the right direction, if it doesn't light a fire under uh, USA's ass, then I don't think we deserve to host yeah. the World Cup, as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah, and all the fake, like, oh, and not fake, but like all the like, yeah, yeah, oh, we're so excited. Like, you know, there's that little, oh, we're so excited. We don't deserve it. Mm. Give it to, honestly, a country. I don't know anything about this country's whatever. Uh, Georgia. They're a, they're a country who is in, like, I don't know, Eastern Europe, right? They're a tier two nation, but they literally are fighting their way in to get into the six nations because they're like, we want to play these tier one teams. We like, they are a small country and they are kicking ass. And like, they're, they love it. They're pumped. Uh, they deserve it way more than we do because they're making positive strides and they're going up against the top dogs. And they're like, put us in the six nations because we're better than Italy because Italy sucks. And it's like really, (laughs) and people are like, Oh, we don't want to change it, but I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. I feel like this episode too, that was the most serious thing we've talked about. It was kind of a bummer too when you think about it, but it's, honest really was and hopefully we don't sound like idiots but i mean we did we read that was the most uh, hey, we read I'm, it. We read i'm it. freaking proud of you you <laughs> prepped you prepped more than i did but it was an interesting article though so i mean yeah well easy and, to read hey we're we're paying our sips it's good to know where our money's going and then also as people a part of this organization we can be pissed off i yeah. want a better product you know and so do you yeah it's like the way he and like analyzed it it's like we're paying taxes essentially you know and our irs is using our money and they're misusing it and spending it on stupid shit which oh wait our government does that already oh that makes me really sad that makes me really sad because it's like you can't get away from it no matter what we do everything's mismanaged and we just we just get the shit end of it but hey you know what i love you phil and i'm and i'm glad 
Um, if we're in the shit, we're we're in the shit together. <laughs> oh well, we got a hopefully more fun episode on Thursday. Yeah, yeah because our actually episode, it is more fun Thursday. <laughs> way more fun. We're gonna shoot the shit with Vic. Yeah. So check it out. It'll be good. How you feeling? Good. You? Not great. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> good you. 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 Good, you. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs.